Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Spooky Soup Podcast. I'm Jesse. And I'm Tessa. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to the soup. So, um, I, uh, I have some good scary Reddit stories for you today. Are you prepared to be spooked? Yeah. And are you prepared as the viewer with some soup? We're just going to kick this one off. Let's just get going on this one because I'm pretty excited to tell my Reddit stories today. So, um... This first one, it's called Body Bag by a Reddit user, So Nora. Like body bag with a question mark? Yes. Okay. Just today, while I was hanging out at a buddy's place, we somehow got into a discussion about one of his former jobs. The work that he did there involved working with huge trash piles that were about to be totally compacted and disposed of. The bay he worked on was where people from the local community came to unload their garbage. As my buddy told it, one evening close to the end of his shift, an older man pulled in to unload. And just to kind of like picture it, I'm thinking of the the old guy from Monster House, if you remember that movie. Uh, Mr. Nevercracker? Mr. Nevercracker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His wife was like... The house. The house, exactly. Spoiler. (laughs) It's not a spoiler. If you haven't seen that movie, you're... Come on. According to my buddy, the old guy was kind of scary and just plain creepy. Now, my buddy isn't skittish by any means. He is at least six feet tall and at least 250 pounds. So yeah, he's definitely not a chicken or anything. Anyways, the creepy old guy proceeded to start unloading his garbage from the back of his old beat-up pickup truck. What he was unloading appeared to my buddy to be two large black contractor trash bags taped together at the two openings to form a longer enclosed bag. My buddy watched as the old guy picked up the large black plastic wrap package. He picked it up and carried it much like how one would carry a bride over the threshold. The package seemed to be awkward, floppy, and limp. He watched as the old man rolled and heaved his mysterious package over the edge of the bay and into the garbage pit. Then my buddy noticed that the limp package was about the right size for an adult human body. Out of cautious curiosity, My buddy turned to the old man and asked him what was in the bags. The old man's answer chilled him to his bones. The creepy old man told him with a dead serious tone and expression, Well, son, it's a dead body. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't like it. With his mouth agape, my buddy couldn't do anything but watch as the old man got back into his truck and calmly drove away from the trash pit. As soon as the old guy was gone... My buddy stopped the tractor from scooping the trash pile in the bay so he could look and see what was in the black bags. Unfortunately, though, it was a big company in the small area and they had a lot of strict rules and regulations for the employees to follow. One of those main rules was that the employees were not allowed to open any bags or containers for any reason. So he never did find out what was in the bags, but he's sure never going to forget how creepy and scary that was. Okay, I would want to know. I would, yeah, exactly. Like, screw my job. I'm jumping down there to see if it's a body. <laughs> oh my god. Well, like, at least like tell your supervisor or something. Yeah, the guy just admitted to him having a body in the bag. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you call the cops? Uh, yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, this guy literally just told me he's dumping a dead body, so I'm gonna call the police. Okay. <laughs> Nah, man, those rules. Those rules. Those rules. He's not a rule breaker. He's a good Eagle Scout. It's That wasn't creepy. It was more <laughs> along the lines of just curiosity, I guess. Like For that story? Morbid curiosity. Yeah, morbid curiosity. Gross. Yeah. 
Like, yeah. especially the way that he said that the, the old man lifted it out like he was carrying a bride over the threshold. Yeah, I didn't like that comparison. Yeah. No. Because, like, okay, it could just be, like, a bag of jelly that... <laughs> <laughs> jelly? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he has... He made too much jello and no one wanted it, so he just took it to the dump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just assume it's, like, expired... Tortilla chips. Okay. Yep. All right. So that's story number one. That was pretty good. I'm Thank ready. You. Thank for you. The next one. Um. So I have one more story, and then you have one story today, right? One. I do. One historic story. One historical us. story. Okay. But it's local. Okay. I so love it's that. a creepy local story. Good. Um. I like that you're keeping it local. That's awesome. <laughs> um. You know way more about the scary history of Utah than I do, or the mysterious. Um, but okay, we'll get to your story soon. Now on to my next story. This one is called The Casket by Reddit user Pantarium. Okay. I was 17 years old when this happened, and it still bothered me till this day. I use it as a scary story to tell friends, and it gets them every time. But they don't know it's a true story. My family has always been in the business of death. My great-grandfather was a mortician, and somewhere along the tree, that turned us into a funeral home operator. There's money to be made from the dead, but in a good way. A scary, morbid job, but someone has to do it. We always lived in this small town in the North Dakota area, almost a secluded kind of place surrounded by a ring of trees and wilderness for miles. It's a nice town, which is made up by rich folk, and was always a clean and friendly place. My father, who owned the place and would be eventually passed down to me since my older sister moved away and wanted nothing to do with the family business, the dead bodies, they never really bothered me because it was always a curiosity to me. It's normal to him, I guess. Yes, yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, you're surrounding your life around it. I would hope you'd be curious. One Sunday night, as I was having dinner with my mom and dad in front of the TV, I could see lights shining across the wall coming from the driveway. Dad, Tom's here. Tom was the guy who would bring the bodies, usually, but this time he was with someone new. And I thought it was just a trainee since Tom was getting kind of old. My dad goes down to the garage, aka the loading bay, where he would take the bodies and use a small freight elevator, which would lead to the basement. But this time, when I looked out the window... I see my dad and Tom talking along with who I thought was a trainee. My dad usually only crosses his arms when he is concerned or disagrees with something and I instantly knew something was off. So kind of set the background. It sounds like um, their home is the mortuary. Okay. Yeah, so they live in the mortuary. Okay, so kind of like a Spellman, Sabrina Spellman setup? Pretty much. Cool. Okay. There were numerous times I would help my dad prep a body for viewing but as I came down the stairs I see him wheeling down the hall the body but it was wrapped in a black bag and as I turned he looks at me in the eye and he says this one's on me son set this one out maybe next time I nodded my head and watched him wheel into the back and the door shut behind him my mom calls for me from the top of the stairs junior you got homework to do don't you yeah mama I'm right on it I went to my room to do my homework, as I was told, and maybe sometime around nine-ish, I fell asleep at my desk. 
I later woke up around 2 a.m. with my papers sticking to my face, groggy-eyed, and my head was definitely spinning. My hands were shaking as I grabbed my water bottle, and that's when my light started to flicker. It would happen before, but when my dad would use only certain types of tools in the basement. This time, it was more intense. It was just worse than before. I tapped my finger on the light bulb on my desk, but it was still the same effect. Leaning back and stretching in my chair, followed by a brief yawn, I finished my bottle of water and was thinking that I was still thirsty and maybe wanted a colder one. I make my way out of my bedroom and down the hallway, slowly down the stairs as to not disturb my mom's sleep, and knew dad was probably still in the basement working. Walking down the stairs, I could faintly hear a banging, kind of shuffling sound, thinking maybe it was my cat or dog, but I distinctly remember the cat being in my room and the dog usually is sleeping with my mom. I turn the corner away from the stairs, and I see the chapel door slightly open. Slowly, taking steps ahead and down the hall, I can see the kitchen light on, but my curiosity got the best of me. I slowly approach the chapel entrance and can see the dim lights on and down the aisle. I see the casket shaking, side to side, slightly jumping, which was pretty unusual. My heart started to pound with a sudden great fear hitting me like a cold wind chilling me to the bone. My hand shook and breathing got heavy. I watched the casket shake and the more I looked at it, the more violent it appeared to get. I couldn't believe what I was seeing and never saw anything like that before, obviously. And that's when I felt hands on my shoulders spin me around. It was my dad. Get upstairs now. Don't look back. Go into your mother's room and lock the door. He pushed me hard towards the steps and I see him walk into the chapel, closing the doors behind him. The banging sounds just got louder and louder. I run upstairs and my mom is standing at the top and we both run into the master bedroom, closing the door and locking it. I sat with her on the bed, wondering what was going to happen and I was texting a few of my friends who were late night people. 7 a.m. came around and I heard a car pulling up. It was Tom. I see my dad coming out from the loading dock, pushing the shaking casket, which by then had settled down. My dad and Tom yelling at one another, and they load up the body in the back of the truck, and off Tom went. Soon after, my dad came up the stairs, and my mom is still asleep in her bed, holding her pillow. I open the door to see my dad leaning on the hallway wall. Dad, what was that? What happened? I see sweat dripping down the side of his face and a fear within him that I never thought I would ever see. He wipes his brow and lets out a shaky sigh. My dad said the following. A girl in town came back from a vacation and she started to feel ill for some strange reason. But it turns out there was something off about her type of sickness. For a few weeks... She started to suddenly talk to herself, talk to someone who wasn't with her, showing signs of aggression and paranoia. No one knew what was going wrong, so a priest was called, and turns out she was possessed by a demon. For three weeks, they tried around the clock to expel what was inside her, but it just wouldn't leave no matter what they tried. Eventually, she died during her last exorcism. It choked her to death. She was gone, but somehow the demon didn't leave her body. At night, it would shake within the girl's body, and it would cause some sort of manifestation or something like that. For a few hours, the body shakes violently. I couldn't handle it, and so I called Tom to pick up the body and take it somewhere else. I don't know where it's going next, but I know for sure that thing is still in that body. And to me, 
I think it wants out. When I was working on her, I felt like something was hover, was hovering over me the whole time. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't see. I started hearing noises coming from the fridge container where the other bodies lie. I wrapped her in plastic and laid her in a casket, hoping nothing would happen, but she shook. No matter what I did, it wouldn't stop shaking. Even weighing it down did nothing. Tom came and picked her up, and I could care less where it's going as long as it's out of here. Just hearing all that from my dad, one of the toughest people I know, I saw him once fight three guys at a street barbecue with a stab wound and still keep swinging. I've seen him walk almost painless with a broken arm with little to no reaction, but seeing how much this really bothered him really bothered me. I never found out where the girl's body was taken or what happened. I still wonder to this day, and like I said before, it scares me. I at times get paranoid that I'll someday have one of these experiences myself. I do run the funeral home, and now I have my son, who is nearly 16, who is curious about the business, but I don't think I could get him to ever help me like I helped my dad. Just can't help but wonder what was in that girl's body and why did it refuse to leave after several exorcisms. I'll never know and kind of want to know, but going through that type of experience is a one-time thing for me. I hope. I hope so, too. Oof. That's a story. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's something else. That one made me uncomfortable. Right? Like, I don't know. So, Ugh. the reason why this story was so freaky to me is because I have a good buddy of mine that I grew up with. Um, he lived in Logan, Utah. He grew up there before he moved to our hometown. And he... He lived in one of those homes. That's right. Yeah. So his. I so I went. Yeah. So um, long after that, uh, he and I went to Utah State to go visit to see if we wanted to go to college there and stuff. And so he's like, "Guys, you guys got to ch- check on my creepy old childhood home." And uh, so we were able to go look at it. No one was living in it at the time, but we went inside, and um, sure enough, like you, you walk in, and um, actually. We snuck in through the basement. So the basement door, it was two doors that open. So big enough for like you to carry the casket through with some people, you know, multiple people on each Rolling side. Rolling a table. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then when you walk in, if I remember to the right were these big shelves for putting the caskets on. So you could have multiple bodies there. And then <laughs> on the other side of that wall was a room completely tiled from floor to ceiling with a drain in the middle. So oh, the drain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, no. exactly. So this was a legit um, mortuary, pretty much. And they lived there. That was their home. They didn't operate it as a mortuary. They just lived there. Oh, so like on the casket shelves, they just had like pots and pans. Just regular storage. Yeah. You know, huh. you could probably sleep on it if you wanted to. But, but yeah, you go upstairs. It wasn't really like a chapel or anything. It was more just like a viewing area. So it's like you would just go view the body and then, then and then you would take him out to uh somewhere else like right. the cemetery so right. um yeah it was creepy so like i was thinking of his home the the whole time i was reading this and i was like oh my gosh like just putting my <laughs> putting me in that situation was so oh. freaky but yeah that's terrifying yeah and no wonder no one was living there because it really is very very creepy so, yeah yeah I, mean, I don't blame him the house is probably demolished let's be honest let's but, hope right so, yeah, those are my stories. Good job this week. Those are really good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, both made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Am uncomf. I hear you have a very scary story today. Or at least scary history. Historical story. I guess, yeah, it, it's pretty freaky. Okay. Because it's all, it's local. It happened. You can find it online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Floor is yours. All right. So my story today is about the Fear Factory. Ooh. And I know you know what this is, but our audience might not. So Fear Factory is this place in Salt Lake. As of now, it's running and it's operated as a haunted house attraction. But it was at one point a real working factory. Yep. All right. So whenever you're on I-15 and you're driving past Salt Lake City, you can't miss it. It's right next to the freeway and it's just covered in graffiti, but... Like, well-placed graffiti. More like murals, I guess. Well, they, like, yeah. I think yeah. the graffiti that's on it, though, is on purpose to make it look like a haunted attraction. Yeah. So. Because yeah. it's, like, paintings of corpses and people hanging from the ceiling. There's, like, a big f- dude's face that's, like, all burned. Like, yeah. Like, screaming at you on one of the silos. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You, you can't miss it. Yep. Um, it is tucked away. Conveniently, on 666 West, 800 South, Salt Lake City, Utah. Of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> what a convenient address. I know. Yeah. Wow. In the late 1800s, this place was first opened. It was called the Portland Cement Works mm-hmm. Factory of Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. It was very prominent back then. It was this huge manufacturing facility, and it attracted workers from all over the state. Um, now, back then... Safety precautions didn't really exist in this kind of work environment. So Mm -hmm. companies got away with a lot of stuff that they probably shouldn't have. Right. And this is where our story starts. So in my research, I dug up a little newspaper clipping and it was dated Friday, November 23rd, 1900. This is how old this is. Okay. Okay. So here's the title. Violent Fate of George Howe. Employee of Portland Cement Company, killed in shocking manner, caught in the shaft, his arm is torn from his body, and with a scream of agony, he sinks down and expires. If that doesn't catch your attention, I don't know what will. (laughs) Great headline. (laughs) Great headline. Sad, but great headline. (laughs) So here's what the article said. George Howe, an employee of the Portland Cement Company, had his left arm torn from his body by a revolving shaft yesterday afternoon. With a scream of agony, he sank down upon the coal tank and expired. No one witnessed the ghastly spectacle, and when Superintendent Blythe heard the scream, he ran with alarm into the room, and the lifeless and almost naked form of Howe, with his severed arm close behind him, was laying there. Howe was engaged in running the coal crusher, and it's supposed that he had ascended a ladder to oil the machinery. While doing so, his sleeve was caught by the shaft. So... I found another newspaper clipping, mm-hmm. and this was dated July 31st, 1903, so almost three years after this first incident with George. Gotcha. So here's the title. His life was crushed out. Frank Holmes torn nearly to pieces in revolving shaft. One of his arms cut off, leg and jaw broken, dies of his injuries. That's the title? That's the title. That's a catching title. It's long, but I know. it was Okay. I wonder if it's the same. It's probably the same guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here's what it said. While engaged in oiling machinery at the works of the Portland Cement Company yesterday afternoon, 
Frank Holmes was caught in a revolving shaft and mutilated so badly that he died early last evening. His left arm was torn off, same as George Howe. Mm -hmm. His right leg was fractured and bones of his jaw were broken. The accident occurred shortly after 2 o'clock. At the time, Holmes, who was employed as the company oiler, Mm -hmm. was busy about the crusher with his oil can. There was a large revolving shaft in that vicinity, and it's thought that he was oiling it, probably just making it run smoothly. He apparently leaned his arm on the shaft and got it caught in one of the flywheels. And in a second, he was pulled in. Apparently, this happened really fast. Sure. And luckily for him, as soon as he screamed, this engineer who was in the room heard it. He turned around, shut the machine off. And then a bunch of people in the factory who also heard it, they came running. And they thought he was dead. But once they came up to him, they realized that he was still breathing. So... On the descriptions I read, if you can imagine, his left arm was pulled in, so he's like that. (laughs) Yeah. But not only that, his arm was severed, so it had pulled it in and cut it, but it was still hanging on by a thread. And it pulled him in so far that it started to chew away at his jaw. So his jawbone was stuck in the teeth of this machine. caught like this, pretty much. Yeah, with his head and his arm out. Oh, gosh. And part of his leg, too. Wow. So, pretty intense. And he was still breathing through all of that. He didn't die immediately. So, eventually he died because the physicians just weren't able to repair what was broken. Right. And with injuries that bad, and in 1903, it's like, what could you do? Sure. Yeah. Medical crap back then was not the best. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) Dang, that's that's so unfortunate. I know. And it's just crazy to me that it's someone with the same job got the same arm ripped off and they both died. You think they would have put like better safety precautions in after the first death? Right. Hey, buddy, (laughs) don't wear loose sleeves. Just just don't do this. (laughs) Hey, buddy, maybe turn off the machine if you're going to oil it. Yeah. Or maybe they had to oil it while it was going. Oh, maybe. Buckle up for story number three. (sighs) Okay, I'm ready. Okay. In this part of the factory... Above the factory floor, there's this catwalk. Mm -hmm. Um, And today it has, like, these safety guards on it. So if you were to slip, you wouldn't fall off. It's, like, 30, 40 feet suspended in the air. Can you today access those? Yes. I've walked on it. So you you can walk on it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they let you. Okay. And it's old, though. So I don't know how much you'd want to do it. (laughs) Well, I'm guessing after this story, I probably won't. Probably not. Okay. So back in the day... This catwalk was just that. It didn't have any guardrails, nothing to hold on to if you slipped. It was just this long, narrow piece of metal that people would use to access different parts of the floor. Mm -hmm. So this man named Charles Whitner was walking across this catwalk when a cloud of steam from a chemical pot below Mm -hmm. rose up and hit him. And... They believe that the steam from the chemicals made him, like, really disoriented because, you know, like, you're going to breathe it in. It's going to hit your eyes. Right. You know, it's probably not pleasant, whatever that was boiling in that pot below. Yeah. And in his confusion, he stepped off the catwalk and he fell into the pot of boiling chemicals. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And it's reported that there were signs that he was conscious enough to try to climb out of it, but the steel was so hot, he just, like, slid right down. Mm -hmm. And they didn't find him for two hours. So by 
by the time that they found him, his body was disintegrated into the chemicals because it had just been boiling for forever. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. That's the story of Charles Wintner. And these are just three of the many, many deaths that have happened there. Yep. This place, it stood vacant for forever. So a bunch of murders have happened there. Mm-hmm. It's speculated that a kidnapper around like the 40s, 50s in Salt Lake would take his victims there. Okay. Um, lots of homeless people have been found inside, like overdosed, yeah. stuff like that. Um, train tracks run right next to it, and they're still working train tracks. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine that a lot of suicides happen there. Right. Because of the train. Step in front of it. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot of deaths that happened on that property. Oh, my gosh. But then in 2011, these people bought it. They gave it a facelift. They painted the outside. They turned it into Fear Factory. Now it's a yearly Halloween attraction. Right. Super cool. I've yet to go there, even though I live in Utah. <laughs> but Same. I haven't gone for Halloween, but I have gone on a ghost tour of it. That's right. You which have. is the second part of this story. Okay, I know this story, and it's amazing. Yeah, your story has, like, uh, <clears throat> spooked so many people. Because, like, every time I try and go to Fear Factory, like, no one wants to go with me. They're like, oh, my gosh, it's actually haunted. Like, I don't want to be around that. And I'm like, you guys are freaking wimps. And then in the end, we don't go. But I do like to tell people your experience that you had there. So I'm excited for our our listeners and viewers to to hear it so continue please so, okay <laughs> it's gonna be so good <laughs> when this happened i was like so weirded out by it mm-hmm. and looking back i'm like oh i don't know did it happen <laughs> you know with like the years that have passed since i went there mm-hmm. so i guess i just gotta go back yeah. for my birthday a few years ago which is over the summer so fear factory's not doing this Halloween thing, but they still had all the decorations up, which is pretty cool. Sure. So for my birthday, I got tickets to go on a ghost tour there. And here's how it was set up. So you meet at the factory at nine o'clock at night. Mm -hmm. They take you on a tour of the three separate locations, but they're all like involved with the factory. So Mm -hmm. there's the main factory, there's the silos where they would store stuff. And then there's the underground part of the factory. Um, there's a bunch of tunnels underneath it and it's all part of the same attraction too. And after that, they gave you free reign of the grounds until 2am. So you could go anywhere. Mm -hmm. The doors were open. You could see anything you wanted to. Like there's this really tall tower on it. I think it's the one with the burned man's face. Yeah. I was able to like climb up in there and get a view over the city. It was so cool. Okay. Gosh, now I need to go do this. I know. (laughs) So, anyways, they have this one place. You probably remember it from the Ghost Adventures episode. Probably. It's called the Hell Silo. Yes. Okay. So, we went inside of the Hell Silo and... And it's it's uh, designed to look like hell, right? Yeah. Okay. Like, the so. inside of it is painted with flames and, like, these shadow figures, like, with their arms up, like, they're burning and, like... Okay. All yeah. these demonic imagery things painting a picture yes okay and it's kind of set up like a maze too like they have a bunch of walls inside of it so you get lost in it super easy okay um so yeah so my boyfriend is the one who took me to this for my birthday now fiance now fiance 
And <laughs> for some reason, I don't know if people just didn't want to go in the hell silo mm-hmm. or if it was just like an awkward time. I don't remember. But when we walked in, it was just us two. And this silo is ginormous. So I'm like genuinely surprised it was just us who walked in. Hmm. So we go inside, we're taking pictures at my EVP recorder. We're just walking around, looking at all the cool decorations that they still have left up. And then I got like, (laughs) I got this really weird feeling once we got to the center of the maze. Mm -hmm. And you could tell it was the center because, you know, you look up, you can see the point of the silo. Okay. And I was just like, I don't like it in here. I think we should go. It was probably because it was all dark, by the way. You had to have a flashlight or else you didn't have light. Like, none of the lights were on. Okay. Pitch black. Pitch black. And so we're just in there. We're walking around. I'm like, you know, let's go explore somewhere else. This is kind of freaking me out. Mm -hmm. And we start walking through the maze. And the more we're walking, like, I start panicking. Like, I can feel my heart starting to race and... You know, I've got, like, anxiety, but (laughs) this was different. It just Mm -hmm. felt different. Right. And for some reason, I became kind of, like, hysterical, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Like, it freaked me out so bad. Yeah. And, you know, we were looking for the door. We couldn't find it. We're going through this maze, and it's like, we were just here. Why can't we find it? We were making all the wrong turns. Eventually, we find a door, and I'm, like, so relieved. I ran up to it. I went to open the door and it was padlocked shut. (laughs) Come to find out later, it was the wrong door on the opposite side of the silo. And they keep that one locked. But in my mind, I don't know if I was just like, someone locked us in because I was already in such a panic state. Mm -hmm. I started crying. I was like freaking out (laughs) for no reason. Um, Eventually, after what seemed like forever, we made our way out of there. And we found the door to get out. Again, I was relieved. The door said exit on it. I went to go pull it open. I still can't figure out why this happened. Mm -hmm. So to get inside, you know, you walk through the door. You'd think to go out, you have to open it the same way. Mm -hmm. So I pulled on it. The door, I swear, it was pulled back from the other side. Like every time I try to open it, it would just go back. (laughs) (laughs) Like there was... Resistance on this door. <laughs> so it felt like someone was pulling on it from the opposite side, like pulling. Almost, or maybe it was just like, like, like pushing it shut while you're trying to pull it open. That's what it felt like. Oh there gosh. was definitely resistance, and I just don't know if I was like so panicked, I was like pushing on a pull door kind of thing, but mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I was freaking out. <laughs> but for the sake of the story, there was something. There was a ghost pulling on. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, eventually we somehow got out of there it's kind of a blur for me at this point Mm -hmm. um but right as we opened the door there was a tour guide and she was like are you okay because at this point like i'm a mess i am like hysterical i can't breathe Mm -hmm. and i was like i don't know what happened in there i am freaking out yeah i'm not sure what happened in there something just didn't feel right i needed to get out and she's like oh yeah that happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's fine. It just happens it just all the happens. time. She said that's a very big hotbed of activity in there. Yeah. That they see a lot of things in there, mm-hmm. like shadows, 
they hear a lot of noises. And this is all stuff. this is all in the hell silo, right? All in the hell silo. Okay. Yeah. There's two more parts to this place too. Well, are you going to answer? You're going to say why it's so crazy in there? Cuz I know why. Tell us why. So this is uh this is all from the Ghost Adventures episode. So yes, Ghost Adventures went and uh did an episode at the Fear Factory and it's intense. I guess I recommend you guys check it out on Travel Channel, but um Ghost Adventures pay us. Uh, but there's a scene in the episode where they're talking with the actor who plays Satan in in that part of the in the hell silo in that part yeah. of the haunted house. Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, one day I just like I was walking into work and there's like this section of junk, I guess. That that's like it, it's supposed to like it's a part of the haunted house, but it looks like just a pile of junk. And he like found this random book and he looked inside and just had these random writings and so he was like reading these reading out of this book as he's playing satan while people are walking through the the, you know through the attraction reading on the job reading on the job but he's like reading it out loud like he's he's satan reading these like you know chanting whatever like being creepy yeah exactly he's chanting like what's in this book come to find out it's a book that like summons demons and satan <laughs> so wonderful yeah so ghost adventures kind of look at this guy like are you stupid you're stupid so i don't know that's probably part of it it's probably the, the guy opened up some portals in that I, silo yeah i wouldn't be surprised yeah this place is crazy like yeah it has a weird history it's insane on part of the tour they told us that there's 80 documented deaths that happened within the factory so this is anything from workers to murders to just crazy stuff. Suicides, all that. Suicides. Yeah. But they think it's more because not all suicides are documented and reported. And not all homeless deaths that happen inside make it to the news. No one knows who they are. They're just people who lived inside. Sure. Yeah. And maybe if it did get to the news, it was probably like a homeless person found dead. Like unidentified. In other news, a dog was found, you know. and <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So they think it's at least 80 for sure. Mm-hmm. But double that. <laughs> okay, so 160 to yeah. be safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went down into the underground tunnels. And on the tour, they told us that this spot of the factory is really creepy for a lot of people because they would, like, get touched. They would see figures, like up ahead of them because it's just these like thinner dark black tunnels and so you know you can't really see too much because it turns and it turns and turns i don't know it's just a weird vibe it's the underground smell there's cockroaches down there it's an old building it's an old place yeah yeah um we're down there alone again and my boyfriend wandered in front of me and we kind of like separated not too much to the point where I couldn't see him but Mm -hmm. just like a little bit of space and at one point he turns around and goes I don't know what I saw but I think I saw a red thing up ahead and it kind of looked like the shape of a person Uh oh. (laughs) he was like it was just kind of this red outline of something and then it was gone and so (laughs) I was like are you kidding me (laughs) we're down here alone uh oh yeah, that's not okay. Yeah. Okay. And we did a whole EVP session down there. We were asking a ton of questions and didn't get anything in response. However, we had one of those 
EMF detectors, mm -hmm. you know, electromagnetic field detector. Mm -hmm. And it lights up whenever it hits a spot of electric activity. Right. On ghost adventures, they believe that ghosts can kind of like communicate through it, their energy. Um, so we had that going. And this factory's off. Like none of the lights are on. It's the middle of summer. It's hot, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And the lights on it would like flash up and down a lot. And then the battery on it would go up and down a lot too. Like, so something was sucking the energy out of it. It was weird. Or fluctuating the energy. Yeah. Or like something. the battery level, it would show this much. And two seconds later, it'd be like almost dead and it would jump back up. I don't know if it was faulty. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it was a ghost. <laughs> That's weird though. But it happened in the tunnels. It didn't happen anywhere else. It was just down in the tunnels. Mm hmm. So that was about it for the tunnels. And then in the factory, we got to walk across that same catwalk that the employee fell off of. Wow. And there's no pot below it, but there's now like a, I think it's like a chain link fence or maybe there's like a guardrail. I mm -hmm. can't remember, but they have a bunch of chains hanging off of it uh, as part of the decoration. And mm -hmm. on the tour, they said that people often hear those chains moving on their own, mm -hmm. and footsteps walking across that catwalk. Is it George or whoever? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's George. It could be Charles. Charles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the three. It's all three of them. They're probably out there just hanging out. Just having a little party. Yeah, just having a drink. Yeah. Watching people get scared. Yeah. yeah. Why not? If I was a ghost, I'd go there. <laughs> Crazy. Wow. So we didn't experience that, but that was just kind of a weird experience to walk on that same catwalk and be like wow years ago this didn't have any rails i can see how someone would fall off it, mm -hmm. it was very thin like two people could walk past each other squeeze past each other at most you okay know? that's bigger Easily than i thought it would off. be though yeah, yeah. but so, still still wow so then after we were done exploring it's 2 a.m they ask us all to like reconvene in the main office mm -hmm. and the main lady leading the tour, she's like, does anyone have evidence to share with us? And some people had gotten pictures of what they thought were like orbs. Some people got EVPs, like whispers. I swear I got an EVP with a whisper. I've heard it. Yeah. 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 Um, do you still have it? I do. We'll have to play it for you guys one of these times, but. Yeah. What, remind me what it says. You can't tell what it says. Oh, I thought it said like, I'm here or something like that. No. Oh, okay. So we had been asking questions and then, I don't know, you just hear like a whisper on it. And mm -hmm. we were told not to whisper when we're recording with our EVP because then we can mistake it. Sure. But confused. So no one was whispering. Right. Yet there's a whisper on it and it sounds like a woman and I can't tell what she's saying. That's the story of Fear Factory. 80 documented deaths. At least. At least. To be one day in the, this Next life, we'll be able to know the for sure number. Do a little <laughs> rewind button on the on the mortal monitor. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, see what really happened. All yeah. those things that went down there. Now now we really want to go this for this Halloween. Yeah. But I definitely want to do this that ghost tour now. Would you be open to doing it again? Doing it again? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I think they do it over like. Over the summer. Yeah. So I'm sure they're doing it right now too. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I'm spooked. I'm thoroughly spooked. Good. I hope you're souped. And spooked. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening. We're so glad you could join. It's been fun. 
we'll uh, catch you on the next one, okay? See you guys. Have a See good one. Bye-bye.